0: I want these memories. I, I think it's just such a special part of life that for me, I would feel like I was missing out on. So coming to terms with that and just realizing that, okay, this is what I want. Maybe it's not practical. Maybe it's just indulgent. I don't know, but it, it's what I want. and It's what Corey yeah. wanted and we want to celebrate. And if we have to wait three and a half years for it, then so be it. And I just, I think that by August, 2022, things will be different.
1: Welcome to Bride To Have Been. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Like many others, I was a bride-to-be, planning to marry my best friend in front of our loved ones, our tribe of 150 people. Needless to say, the pandemic upended the Pinterest perfect wedding I had planned. From 150 to seven guests, I had the most unexpected dream wedding, but not all brides and wedding professionals have had the same experience. Join me as I uncover the reality of this new normal in the wedding industry. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Bride to Bend podcast. Today we have Erin Walker, a 2020 COVID bride, who just so happens to have the same wedding planner as me. Shout out to Jane Gerwin. Erin and her fiancé Corey are a power couple. Erin is an orthodontist, and Corey is a dentist. While you may assume these two met in dental school, they actually met at a random bar in Ann Arbor, Michigan, while Aaron was attending dental school. Aaron and Corey were originally scheduled to get hitched in July 2020 at the Bel Air Bay Club in Pacific Palisades. But thanks to COVID, these two are going to end up waiting three and a half years before they get to say, I do. Patience sure is a virtue for Aaron and Corey. Aaron, welcome to the Bride to Have Been podcast. Thank you so much for having
0: me. This is super exciting.
1: Yes. And I can't believe you will be engaged for three and a half years by the time you get married. That's still just like my jaw drops every time.
0: Yes. Three and a half years is a really, really long time.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. So I do like to start off by hearing how you and Corey met and so forth. But how did you find Jane Gerwin, owner of Jane Alexandra Events, which was both of our wedding planner?
0: Yeah, it's such a small world that we both used Jane for wedding planning. She is such a godsend and has been truly amazing through this whole process. It's actually kind of funny, though, because we started with a different planner and ended up in just kind of an interesting situation that after working with her for about a month, I received an invoice that was charging me based on the minute. So for every phone call, every text, I was getting charged. And I guess maybe that works for some people, but for me, I'm very communicative And I don't know, maybe I'm high maintenance, maybe Jane would be like, yeah, you're a crazy person, like you need a lot. But I just realized, for me, that wasn't really going to work out so well. So ended up kind of leaving that situation and doing some research. And actually, Jane, she went to the same high school I went to a lot of mutual friends. So just kind of community word of mouth. And also, she had great reviews and just heard really wonderful things. So yeah, that's how I ended up with her. I don't know about you. I'm curious about how you ended up with her, too.
1: Yeah, we were originally planned to get married at a venue in Builton, California at Flying Flags. It's a glamping site. And basically Jane's sister had gotten married there. And when we were looking to get married there, you know, they actually didn't really do weddings. And so we asked, can you put us in touch with some couples to just hear their experience? And legally they couldn't do that. And so they're like, well, we could put you in touch with some wedding vendors. And one of them's sister happened to get married here. So we felt like, one, her reviews were amazing when we looked her up and then we met with her and she just she knew the lay of the land of the venue. So that made us feel comfortable as well, given her sister had gotten married there. So yeah, that's how we landed with her.
0: Oh, that's amazing. So yeah, Jane is awesome. She's been super helpful and dealing with me and all of my COVID situations. I'm like, I don't know if she's had anyone with a crazier situation, mm-hmm. but we've definitely put her up to the challenge and <laughs> probably will be the longest working relationship she has with a bride, so... <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh. Well, girl, we're going to definitely dive into that. But first, let's hear how you and Corey met. I know you met in Ann Arbor, Michigan while you were at dental school at a bar. So can you just tell us a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I wish I had more details to share, To share, <laughs> but <laughs> as you can imagine, it was kind of like a late night encounter. <laughs> so we had, I, we just happened to both be at the same bar randomly, actually physically ran into each other and then just started chatting and That's pretty much everything. It just kind of went from there and met each other. And I actually think I sent him a text that night after a meeting, which like maybe that's an aggressive move. I'm like, oh, I don't know that I would have normally done that, but I I guess it all worked out. So here we are.
1: Liquid courage got you to be like, text him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So anyway, yeah. So that was pretty much our meeting, and everything just kind of went from there. And I guess that was what six years ago now. So yeah. And you guys start dating like right away and you start hanging out. That's it. Went out. I think like the next week we went on our first date and then saw each other basically every day. And then that was it. (laughs) It's such a weird story. So he, he graduated from dental school in 2012 and he's actually originally from Michigan. So he moved back to Michigan after graduation. And then we met in 2015, when he was just working there as a dentist, and I was a first year dental student. So I think, yeah, I think it was definitely good to have one point to connect on to start with. But it's funny, because like, when I started dental school, I told all my friends from college, I was like, oh, don't let me date a dentist. Like, it's so weird. They all date each other. It's like, so incestuous. And here we are. <laughs> it's like you gravitate towards each other, you know? I know. I think it, I actually think it's a really good thing because we understand each other and he was super supportive going through dental school. And I think I can understand his stresses with work and he can understand mine, but now it's kind of nice too, that I specialize. I'm an orthodontist. So we're a little bit different, but still kind of have the same understanding, similar lifestyle, that kind of thing. So yeah, it was just, it was crazy. It was, uh, the relationship just kind of worked out from the get-go. There was no no games, just like very straightforward. I'm like, was kind of waiting for something to be wrong. Or like, I was used to, I don't know, more games, I guess. And it was just everything was so just out in the open. And that really worked.
1: That's when I feel like you just know that's the person. It's like, all right, this is it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, one thing, cheesy joke, but your family is going to have impeccable teeth. That's <laughs> for sure. You got it all covered.
0: <laughs> yes, that is for sure. So I did braces three times and Invisalign once, and he's did the same thing. I think, or braces twice, Invisalign twice. So. <laughs> oh my gosh! So we're crazy, maybe, but yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, attention to detail. It's it's your profession.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, but yes, our kids will be very well taken care of in the teeth department. (laughs) Yeah, I love it.
1: So, can you tell us just how the proposal went
0: down? Yeah, the proposal was amazing. Basically, he so we were doing long distance. He had moved down to the LA area at the beginning of my residency in San Francisco to buy dental practice and just kind of start setting up our lives in the area that we wanted to be in. So. We just took the sacrifice and did long distance. So we would try to see each other like every other weekend, which was really nice that we were still close enough SF in LA, like not yeah. too big of a deal. So he had booked a trip to come up to San Francisco for one of the weekends. It was first weekend of March 2019. And he got in kind of early and he picked me up at I had a conference. I was finishing up a conference that day. And he was gonna pick me up from the conference and I was saying like, Oh, why don't we do happy hour with my co-residents? Like, it would be fun to hang out with them or something. And he's like, uh, I don't, I don't really want to do that. I think let's just hang out. I'm like, Hmm. Okay. I mean, I didn't really think anything of it. I was like, you know what? He had a long trip up here. Like, it's fine. Not a big deal. Whatever. Little did I know he had other plans and I just kept trying to throw a wrench in them. But anyway, pick me up, we got home and it's like, Oh, why don't we go on a walk? And I'm like, oh my god, yes! Like usually, I'm the one that's like, okay, we gotta go on a walk. Like I'm super active, so we go on a walk, and we walk down towards like Marina Green, Chrissy Field area, and we're walking, and it's like, oh, why don't we go like walk over by Palace of Fine Arts? I'm like, oh, that's nice. Like we haven't done that walk in a while, so we walk over to Palace of Fine Arts, and I walk into that, you know, that the main area. I'm sure all these details just don't mean anything to anyone else. But for anyone who doesn't know, you should look up the Palace of Fine Arts. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So we walk over to the Palace of Fine Arts. And as we walk in, I'm hearing music, like a string quartet playing. And I'm like, hmm. And I'm like, I start kind of singing along. I'm like, oh, I know this song. And and Corey's like, what is it? What are they playing? I'm like, wait, hold on, hold on. And then I finally figure out they're playing an acoustic version of an, an above and beyond song above and beyond is like an electronic like EDM group. So it's like this acoustic version of one of our favorite songs. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's above and beyond. And so I'm like freaking out. I still don't think anything of this, by the way. I don't know like how I just, am like, Oh, do so anyway, so the string quartet is playing the song that we love. And then all of a sudden he like. Gets down on one knee and I I blackout just like everybody says. I'm like I don't even remember what's going on, but I actually start like backing away, like physically backing away, being like, oh my god, what is happening? And then <laughs> like, he, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he said something I don't know. Like I I really wish I knew, but I <laughs> I don't know. Then he asked me to marry him, and I said yes, of course. And anyway, it was just the sweetest thing. And the string quartet there was actually my dad is a musician and my brothers. Pretty musical too, and so they had actually written the rendition of this song, and he hired the string quartet to play, and then he had a photographer there, and it was just like the most thoughtful thing, and it was such a surprise. Like if you see the photos, I'm like totally, totally shocked. I have like no makeup on, and I'm just like (laughs) completely not prepared. I like have a water bottle in my hand and tennis shoes, and but it was perfect for us, and it was just the sweetest, most thoughtful thing. So.
1: I love that. Well, I feel you on being the surprise. I was in a onesie matching pajamas with Julian when he proposed to me. So yep. Amazing. I, oh, I am really dressed to a T right now. No makeup on. Like Oh my
0: gosh. I love it though. It's it was it's so special though when you're like truly surprised because how many like real surprises are there in life? And it was just it was so thoughtful and just one of the best memories. So yeah. I love it.
1: All right. Well, let's talk about COVID. <laughs> favorite topic, this pandemic. You're supposed to get married in July 2020. Yes. Can you share with us your original wedding vision?
0: Yeah. So, my wedding vision, so I actually only really looked at one venue, the Beller Bay Club in the Palisades. And I just, fell in love with it. I, I knew I was going to get married in Southern California, LA area. And so I wanted to take advantage of everything that LA has to offer. So being outside the beach, that kind of thing. So the Beller Bay club has a really pretty lawn that overlooks the ocean, some palm trees. And after the ceremony down there, you walk up and there's a patio for cocktail hour, and then you transition into this beautiful ballroom. And anyway, so I had this, this vision with the venue and I imagined having quite a few guests. We originally invited like 210, 220, something like that, a pretty big wedding. So I imagined the whole big party and have a bunch of bridesmaids and getting ready and just kind of the whole the whole big shebang, like anyone could imagine pre-2020 was, was pretty much what I had in mind.
1: Yeah. So Shelter in Place was announced March here in California, at least. And I'm just curious because you were July, I was September. For us, we were like, eh, we're fine. We're in the clear till September. How were you feeling when the announcement happened?
0: Yeah, so that announcement happened March. It was, I still remember it was like around March. My birthday is March 12th, Corey's is March 14th. So it was literally right around our birthdays. That's how I remember it so clearly. (laughs) And I would say about a week after I started to get nervous. I'm like a high... Probably high anxiety type of person, anyway. So I'm like, oh god, oh god, this is not good. Like, I need a backup plan. Like, I didn't necessarily think for sure that we wouldn't have it, and I, I just didn't know. But I was like, I want a plan B. That's all. Just like, let me have a plan B. Let me buy time. So I call the venue, and I'm like, oh, is there any way I could get a backup date um, in July? And they're like, uh, you're in July. You're fine. Like, it's gonna be better in a few weeks. Like you're fine. We need to take care of everybody who's getting married within the next six weeks first. I'm like, okay, totally understand, but let's touch base as soon as they're taken care of because I want a backup plan.
1: All right. So we're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor gift pod. As you know, Julian and I still managed to have a dream wedding, even though we had to do a lot of bobbing and weaving to make it happen during the pandemic and ended up celebrating with just our immediate families. But of course, we did truly miss celebrating with our entire tribe. In order to give our peeps a way to celebrate us, we asked them to send audio recordings of their love, support, and advice for our relationship. The recordings were produced, edited, spiced up with music, and packaged as a gift pod, our own personal podcast that we can now listen to on our anniversary or whenever we just wanna feel loved. GiftPod is giving every guest on the podcast a free gift pod and is offering our listeners 10% off. You can apply it to a wedding package or you can use it to give a gift pod for any occasion, a birthday, anniversary, or even a celebration of life. Go to giveagiftpod.com and use promo code COVIDBRIDES.
0: So by the end of March that's when I was able to secure a backup plan. And I, I'm not sure if you went through this with the rescheduling, but of course I have to call all my vendors, all my, my most, you know, my wedding party, my family, all of those people, and make sure that we could find a backup date that would work. So at that time we postponed a year. So postponed it to end of April, 2021. And it was, you know, I just kind of, I would say I went into executive mode and just kind of like get everything lined up, figured out a date that worked, got it planned. And then I was kind of living in this in-between period of being like, okay, do I jump ship to it? Do I not? And within like a week or so, I was like, I can't even deal with the uncertainty of knowing if July is going to work or not. Like, I don't care if things are better in July. Like, let's just push it to April. I'd rather be safe than have this uncertainty. So I was actually pretty like, okay about, you know, Rescheduling, I was like, you know what, it's fine, not a big deal, one year, whatever. So then, (laughs) then this this thing is just going on and getting worse and worse. It's like now November, I think of November of 2020. I'm like, okay, April, April in LA, like LA is one of the strictest counties in the whole country. Like my venue didn't have any events, like not even like a two person elopement, like nothing. So I'm like, I. This isn't gonna work. Like I just don't, I don't see it happening. So that's when I started to go through this process again, reach out to the venue, find out if there are any backup dates. And then at that time, they didn't have anything for the rest of 2021. Everybody had postponed. Yeah. They had and the venue that we chose, the Villa Bake Club is a very popular venue and they had offered like Thursday, like a Thursday in September. And we're just like, Oh, we can't do a Thursday. Like, that's just, we just can't do that. That's asking too much of our guests to miss that much work. So we're like, okay, that's not going to work. Maybe let's consider a different venue in a different county that might be more flexible, because other counties like Santa Barbara, or Orange County have been more flexible. So like, okay, plan B, or I guess this is now plan C. So <laughs> So now I'm looking at like every other venue in Southern California. I think I contacted like 15 different places to try to find something. And (laughs) everything is like all booked up. I'm texting all of my friends, all of my vendors trying to find dates that will even work. Not to mention, I think four of my bridesmaids are getting married in 2021. So they all have weddings. They all have bachelorette parties. Like there's all of that going on. And then all of 2020 got moved to 2021. So finding a date alone was like nearly impossible but finally i narrowed it down to 4th of july <laughs> which nice. was not something yeah it was not something i had in mind but i'm like you know what it'll be fun it'll be a nice celebration like i think everything will be good by july we'll get the vaccine whatever so find that date found a new venue so we kind of looked all over and found out that we really liked bacara in santa barbara yep
1: that was one i was between bacara and hotel california and i went to um, hotel california but Yeah,
0: amazing. So Bacara is beautiful and it has a very similar aesthetic to the Beller Bay Club. So we had everything lined up there. Again, went through the whole thing with all my vendors, got everything switched over. We had to switch some of our vendors. We lost some deposits, you know, that whole thing. And then unfortunately with the July 4th, we were going to be paying holiday fees and it was just I even yeah. for, that for you. Yeah. And then we were going to have to have fewer guests, but so still like one twenty five, which we were okay with. We're like, you know what? It's COVID people understand. It's still a big party. That's fine. So then we're like literally about to sign the contract and I start getting nervous again. Like as I see the vaccine rollout being like really terrible in Southern California, at least I'm like, you know what? I just, I don't know about this because the vaccine rollout is taking a while. And then the, 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 chances of our governor allowing mass events. I, I think at any point in the summer of 2021, I'm like, this is just, I don't think this is going to happen. I think I'm being totally unrealistic. And I just don't want to get in a situation where I get totally screwed out of options. So I asked Bacara, like, okay, so what happens if I book this 125 person wedding, and then we can only have like a 50 person dinner, 25 person dinner. And they said, basically that they would have to keep the minimum the same because it's for the day, not for the amount of people. So I'm like, uh, I'm not about to pay like, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for an outdoor dinner party. So after all of that, like literally an email chain between me and Bacara going back and forth, I think it was like 110 emails. I went to visit there, like the whole thing, we canceled that plan. And at that point,
1: you hadn't signed contracts, right? So you were not binded to anything. No,
0: I, I mean, I'd signed my vendors switching over to July 4th, but they, they've all been per- very, very flexible with me for the most part. So I'd switched over all of them, but I did not sign the Bacara contract. That was like the final thing. And that's, I, I was just too nervous and didn't end up signing it. So anyway, pull the plug there. <laughs> Go back to the Bay Club. Probably the best choice, I think. Oh my God. I'm so relieved because looking at things now, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. And I, I wouldn't even be upset if like, let's say we're having weddings in July. I think I would be so happy that the world is back that I, I wouldn't even have a problem with it. So anyway, after that, I go back to the Bay Club and I'm like, you're going to think I'm crazy. I know I begged and begged and begged for my deposit back so I could book this other venue, but it's not going to work out. So what can we do? So the first Saturday they had available is August 6th,
1: 2022. Oh my <laughs> gosh.
0: So yeah. I and we
1: you, you still use your original deposit?
0: Yes. So yeah, the Bay Club was amazing. They've been like the best people to work with. The only thing that's hard about them is it's just such a popular venue, so that's why we're pushed out so far. Because I mean, it's it's amazing there. So anyway, so August sixth, twenty twenty two, and I mean, definitely there were some moments where I'm like, should we just not even do the wedding? Like, should we just elope? Should we do like a mini ceremony, like get married at somebody's house or something like that? But I think I just like had to do a lot of soul searching and figure out what I really wanted, and I think it's very easy for people to say like, Oh my God, just take the money, use it for a down payment on a house, like do it for something, put it into your business, put it into your practice. And that does sound appealing. But then I just started thinking about it. And it's like, okay, I want the party. I want the celebration. Like when else in your life, are you going to have all the people that you love, there celebrating you. And I think that's something that this time taught me is that. Our life experiences and our memories and those, those times that we create together, like that's what makes life so great and so special. So if we have to wait for it to have this big celebration together, like to me, that's worth it. Like the house can wait, like we'll figure out the business, but I want these memories. I, I think it's just such a special part of life that for me, I would feel like I was missing out on. So Like coming to terms with that and just realizing that, okay, this is what I want. And maybe it's, I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion or what. Maybe it's not practical. Maybe it's just like indulgent. I don't know, but it's what I want and it's what Corey wanted. And we want to celebrate. And if we have to wait three and a half years for it, then so be it. And I just, I think that by August 2022, things will be different. I hope. And we'll be. I really hope so, (laughs) Erin. If they're not, we have bigger problems. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to being able to celebrate, no masks, hugging, you know, the whole thing. So anyway, that's kind of my whole COVID bride situation.
1: <laughs> I think you might have the most, from all the interviews I've done, at least the most number of like changes and dates and so forth. And I honestly just, I feel for you because I just can't even imagine the stress of trying to coordinate all that. Holy smokes. That is <laughs> a lot to deal with along with having your own practice and so forth that you're dealing with.
0: Yeah, it's been a lot and a crazy time to do it since I I graduated. End of September, moved from San Francisco to the LA area in October, started my practice in October. So it's just been like a lot going on at the same time, but it's good. I'm optimistic getting through it. It's going to be great.
1: (laughs) Good, good. Were you able to keep all your vendors for?
0: 2022? We did have to switch photographers, but I'm super excited about our new photographer. Actually, I think we're going to do another round of engagement photos with her because it's in the package and might as well get excited again. We had such a fun time doing it the first time around and, you know, I need to do a new hair and makeup trial anyway, because I'll be a whole different person three years later. <laughs> Probably need a lot more help by then. No, <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> that's nice though. And yeah. And hopefully like through this year and early into next year, you can just find little moments to do things to celebrate, you know, it's like, you should have been married, you know, it's like, why not have some moments to celebrate? So
0: yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to keep up momentum at the same time as like just tabling it and taking a breath because that was just a lot to go through. So just like, you know, getting through it. (laughs) Totally.
1: How have you tried to stay like mentally sound and just remain positive during all this
0: that's a really good question and I don't even know how how good at it I am because like I said before I was actually okay with like the first three changes the last one well yeah the first few ones I, I was really like surprisingly okay like I really hardly cried about it I was just very matter of fact like this is what it is this is what we do I would say like the actual date. So my July date that I was supposed to get married, that date was a little bit sad. That was the the time that I was like, oh man, like this time I was supposed to be getting ready, like walking down the aisle, the whole thing. That was a little sad. Other than that, though, I hung in there pretty well until I realized it was going to be until August, 2022. And that's kind of what put me over the edge. I think I just got, got sad thinking that for a while I was like, everybody's moving on with their lives, getting married, having kids, like doing the whole thing. And I'm just like stuck here, still waiting to get married. And that was hard. But I, something that I had to do is just reframe everything. And this is like, definitely my mom and Corey, my dad, everybody helped me along with this, but just kind of reframing it and thinking like, I'm still moving on with my life. Like I'm starting my practice. We're starting our lives together. We basically function as a married couple. I I don't anticipate anything will really change too much in that regard. And being able to have this time to focus on building my practice, my business, and Corey for his practice too. It's um I think it might be a blessing in disguise almost because we we are kind of getting ahead and working through that together. And I think that timelines are different for everyone. And just because traditionally you get married and have kids when you're like in your 20s and whatever it is who even knows that people do anymore <laughs> it doesn't mean that that one is necessarily better than the other and it doesn't mean that you're stagnant or just waiting for something to happen i think just like finding joy in the moment and focusing on what you can do with what you've got and it doesn't matter when when things happen like when you check things off the list like it it just doesn't really matter too much so just reframing it and and knowing that the timeline is just whatever you make it, like whatever you want to do works for you, and it's kind of up to your attitude for how to perceive that.
1: Yeah, that's great. yeah, and I 100 I percent agree, so it's good mindset to have, especially when you're changing it like four times
0: <laughs> <Have> <laughs> <Yeah>. four times. <sighs> oh, something like that. I'm like, I can't even keep track of all the different potentials.
1: <laughs> okay, it's kind of a, a silly question, but where's your wedding dress right now?
0: I am so curious where it's Oh my gosh. The wedding dress is like a whole nother situation.
1: (laughs) Only imagine those things like people store them.
0: So I'm like, I need to investigate what to do about my dress because I got my dress so early because everybody says, like, you need to start looking early. You never know how long it's gonna take, yada yada. So I found my dress actually like I don't know, a month, two months after I got engaged. So I think it was like April of 2019 and it was kind of a crazy situation. I got it from like a sample store, like where they would get dresses left over from runway or whatever. So I ended up finding this incredible dress and just bought it right off the floor. And it happened to be my size, which is crazy. So I just, I got it and (laughs) I've had it since then. And I definitely have anxiety about still fitting in it. I'm like, oh my God, that dress was so small. I don't know (laughs) what's going to happen, but, uh, We'll see. So anyway, so I actually physically had the dress right away. So it's not even like I ordered it and it's been waiting, but like I've literally had the dress. So the dress has been at my mom's friend's place because she, this is another long story. So when Corey moved down to the LA area to buy that dental practice while I was in residency, he moved in with my parents. So he lived with my parents for a little over two years. He is, that is hilarious. A saint. So yeah, so he lived with my parents. So my parents didn't want to house the dress there because they didn't want him to see it. And anyway, so the dress is at a friend's house and we need to look into like preserving it or something like I, I, I don't know. <laughs>
1: Oh, my goodness. Girl, you got stories up the <laughs> <water>. <laughs> You
0: know, seem so
1: calm and collected, which is so beautiful, because it isn't an easy time for anybody right now. But then there's this moment of excitement that you're like, just want it to come. And so you, you're so calm. I, I really admire that about you.
0: Oh, you're so sweet to say that. It's It's taken some work for sure. But it's just like, honestly, attitude and perspective is everything because also in the scheme of things, like I have my health, I have my family and I have a career that I'm working on. Like life is really good. So just kind of keeping that in mind and it's easier said than done, but I just had to really focus on that mindset. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I guess it's kind of playing into what you just said, but would you say there's, if there's anything else that you've learned or valued during this crazy process of pivoting your wedding like four or five times now?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think I kind of touched on it before, but definitely putting things in perspective, changing the way you look at it and think about it because you can plan as much as you want. And I am like a huge planner, like with everything. I mean, the career that I chose, it's something where it's like you take steps, like, you know, one, two, three, and then you get what you want. Like you, I went to dental school to become a dentist. I did residency to become an orthodontist. Like I'm very the type A want everything to go the way I plan, and I work really hard with those plans so for me it was it was definitely tough, but I think a really, really good lesson to learn that no matter what you do, like you can't control the situation like you don't know what life is gonna hand you, so the only thing you have is your perspective, and I think that this has really taught me that has really taught me resilience, and the other thing I think just really valuing my relationship and being so thankful. For Corey and for his support and the relationship that we have, I I think that maybe the reason why I even seem remotely calm and level headed is because of him. And he's so calming and reassuring and brings me back to Earth whenever I have any freakouts or concerns or anything. But at the end of the day, I feel so supported. And through all of this, I think we both feel so lucky to have each other and work on building this life together. And so I think just valuing our relationship and the support and the love that we have for each other. It sounds very cliche, cheesy. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I love it. And it sounds like one thing I was told when I was younger, control the controllables. And it sounds like that's something that you've really focused in on and nailed. So if that's something that we all will value in the future as well. So
0: (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. This is a good time to learn that. And I was going to mention too, I know we were chatting before about oh
1: Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So something that obviously having gone through all of this, COVID brides and grooms, the whole situation very near and dear to my heart. So I wanted to do something to help people out and in my situation and kind of extend a hand and the one area that I can do some work in is orthodontics. So What I'm doing in my area is offering any COVID brides and grooms discounts on Invisalign, whitening, braces, whatever they want to get them ready for the wedding. And I mean, I know I'm biased, but I don't think there's any better way to prepare for your wedding than to give you the confidence and the smile that you want. So... I just, I would love to help people out. And I have a few couples, COVID brides and grooms, not just the brides. (laughs) I have a couple of them that I'm working with and I love working with them, hearing their stories and just helping them out. It's the least I can do. It's such a hard time. So might as well brighten someone's day with that. So I don't know if you have any listeners in the LA area. I'm in Westlake Village, but if any of you are interested in doing anything cosmetic with your teeth I'm your girl. I'll help you out. Would love to meet you in chat anyway, even if you just want to come say hi and tell me your story. (laughs) Would love to meet you all. So I just wanted to extend that offer to anyone that's interested.
1: I love it. If I was in LA, 1000% would have been there in a (laughs) (laughs) hurry.
0: I'm there whenever you want to visit. (laughs) Well, thank
1: you so much and excited for your practice as you continue to build you and your husband, right? So continue to focus on that in 2021. That's what we're in right now. I'm like, what year are we in? Um, in 2020 is going to be epic for you. I, I feel it.
0: Thank you. I'm so excited. And thank you again for having me. I think this is such a great resource because you can definitely feel like you're a little alone in this situation. I I know I really leaned on my girlfriends that were also planning and replanning weddings. So it's nice to feel like there's some sort of a sense of community and know that you're not alone with the stress. So I think it's so cool that you're doing this.
1: Yay! Well, love it. Thank you. I'm glad it's helpful. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Follow me on social media at Bride to Have Ben, and please send me or DM me your COVID wedding stories if you're interested in being featured on the podcast. Bride to a Ben is brought to you by GiftPod and produced by StudioPod. Edits were made by Notolab. Special thanks to Gary Oakland for providing this track. Subscribe rate and share with your fellow brides.